0: Well, welcome to another episode of the Story Framer podcast with me, Matthew Clements. Out and about in rugby, capturing voices and promoting creativity, that is the deal. Well, here I'm actually at home and we're moving away from some of the community projects that I focused on uh, in the first few episodes and moving into the business arena. I'm here uh, with Brandon Carter, uh, owner of Frontside Supply. Uh, a, a young entrepreneur, a, a local businessman, and I'm here to pick his brains, find out what makes him tick. So, Brandon, let's get into Hello. this. Tell me a bit. Well, welcome. First <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Um, tell me about Frontside Supply.
1: What is it? How did you get started? And we'll see where we go from there. So, Frontside Supply has always been a dream. It always—it's everything starts as a dream. It's a project. It's something that you build over time um it all really started when i started riding stunt scooters at a skate park around nine years old nine to ten years old in 2009 um i've been doing it ever since so it's never stopped and the progression of the industry the sport itself has been something that's been consistent in my life and it's i've always kind of just kept to it and it's eventually led to the point where i've just got so much industry knowledge and experience with it all it's kind of just led to the brand i created the brand of frontside in 2017 as a streetwear clothing brand originally um it started out as street supply co its original name funnily enough um but then i came up with frontside supply eventually um later down the line i think it was about a year or two after of initially creating the brand um and it's gone from there to where we had an initial investment from my mother and we kind of brought ourselves together with the experience of retail and the industry on my side. Um, and obviously my mum's running a business through the rugby domestic appliance center slash repairs. Now Uh, she's been doing that for years. So she's got the knowledge of how to run a business. Um, so she's got that side of it. And then I've got my contribution and we kind of just collab together and, um, kind of just made a business out of it and it's been good ever since to be fair
0: i want to dig into a few more details about that particularly the family family aspect of it but you're saying that you started like lots of young people as someone using a scooter yeah and i think yeah. i remember seeing you featherbed lane when you're 12 13 or something like that it's quite a jump then to think that that you could make a a business out of it so what when you say it was a, as a dream lots of kids have a, a dream but it doesn't really go anywhere how what were some of the kind of steps that you had to take because you're you're an actual bricks and mortar shop you have have a shop in is it on the corner of York Street and yeah one York Street that's that's not a dream that's like that, you know talk me through how you get set up
1: in in, in business in that way so a good friend of mine, Danny Roberts. He's also rugby local. He's just moved out of rugby recently, sadly. But um, he was the entire inspire, entire inspiration of uh, creating Frontside as a um, in well, just as a brand in general. Because he opened Supreme Scooters, which was a phys- physical shop in the town centre where Urban Essentials is now, by the merchants. Um, they ran for a few years. But I just remember going there and it just completely blew blew my mind that something like that could ever exist. The the fact that there was something there for us riders to go in, have a look at parts, speak to someone who's a professional in the industry, not only as a businessman, but also a rider as he's quite high up in the um, status of everything. He's He's just been a really good inspiration and he's stuck with me ever since, he's been my mentor, um, but essentially the way it all kind of came to be was I started investing in clothing bit by bit, It just kind of people took interest in the branding and the way it looked, and um, I've never stopped working on prototype clothing, kind of like always trying new ideas but they never came to reality because i just didn't have the money like i was in and out of jobs all the time and um i was diagnosed with asperger's um now it's asd in 2018 as i was in college um quite late of a diagnosis really but explains a lot um but we my mum, seen how much i struggled going from job to job there was i just struggled in loads of environments especially corporate i just can't i can't deal with it i've always struggled working for someone else that's treating someone else like a number and then i always spoke to her about all of these different ideas about making a store or making frontside bigger um and kind of she's seen that and said we why not like why not make it happen um But the biggest thing that kind of pushed it forward was that my stepdad and his brother were slowing down in the appliance center, which meant the storefront was kind of becoming a less used spot and they saw an opening for something there, but that also meant we needed to get funds, but we had an inheritance come through from one of our family members, um, and that was kind of just used to found the business. We have did a lot of digging, a lot of research. We really only just started looking at making Frontside a real business in J- no, uh, January 2021. And then around the 22nd of July, that same year, Frontside was a full, just a full working good to go shop and um, it was—it just happened really quick really like we just kind of seen the idea and went for it and it's probably the best decision we've ever made luckily I had loads of contacts through distribution um, like of fellow riders that are sponsored um, so I had a lot of knowledge there to kind of go to different people and be like right who who are the distributors who what do they do brand wise and how can they support us, and our first main distributor was with Danny himself, which was, um, because he has his own brand himself, Supreme Sco- uh, Supremacy Scooters, he shut down Supreme, and ended up getting Supremacy, but he was a parts manufacturer rather than a retail store, um, so, yeah, we started with him, and he kind of just helped us branch out, and... We have quite a few distributors now which also work with us on our events. So that's kind of where it's gone from.
0: January 2021, is that the, the kind of the start of the bricks and mortar shop on York Street and you kind of open by July 2021? roughly. The speaking, idea
1: right? began in, July, in January. Okay. The initial concept of can it, could it be done? The work itself started in around May. So... You in about two three to no it might have been aprilish so from yeah i think it was around april um we started f- um actually purchasing um stock well actually no that came in about a month or two in um but we started getting the partition mall um split the storefront up into two halves so we had a storeroom and the f- uh, shopfront, which was already quite big alone um and yeah, so three months from an idea to an actual physical shop was—it was, it was qu- insane how quick it happened. Like it just felt like it didn't feel real, and it still doesn't.
0: What I'm driving at is, is that that's in the context of of COVID and, and, yeah. and, and lockdowns and stuff. And, and we we met at the the shop a few a few weeks back, and I was asking you about what percentage of your business was. Online sales compared with uh, mm-hmm. kind of physical walking into the shop and buying something from you, and I was a bit surprised. So I kind of double checked this uh, that the online percentage was was quite low. Is that
1: is that right? It's it's hundred percent physical only. We do not sell online. Well, like
0: zero percent online is low, Brandon. I've got to say. Oh, yeah. But I just I, <laughs> I can't get I can't wrap my head around that in the context of the struggle on the, of bricks and mortar shops, the high street. Straight tucked ha- people, away pe- as well. people, I know, and I was going to say, like, and it's York Street. It's not, it, the footfall-wise. How do you explain that? How, how people are uh, sort of finding their way to you? I mean, part of the context is, I guess, in a way, you kind of look a bit more across the region. I know that Coventry lost its skate hut at some point did it
1: quite a few years ago yeah. and they've recently just um had their most experienced and long lasting store ride shop um up in oh what's the name of the area by the rico okay. i can't remember the name of the area uh holbrooks and it's just outside old uh on the edge of holbrooks and the city center um they just closed down recently which i went and said goodbye to them for um lovely people but yeah i'm it's it's a it's a weird one because luckily my presence in the industry and kind of like the scene as a community aspect was already quite large because i tried to put myself in every area i could be um i knew most of the riders most of the people who did the jams which are like events um and it kind of just as soon as the word got out that i was doing a store everyone just kind of especially in rugby, like, I've, you ask a kid if they know about me, or like, someone that rides a scooter in rugby, they'll probably know me, or have met me, and just, we've, it's, it's very community-based, like, they always band, seem to band around me here, and, um, a lot of them do go online, but that's where I can differ, because even though I'm physical only, I can give a much more personalised service. And that's kind of what we focused on. We made it more like it was a really friendly environment where you could just check what you needed and you don't have to worry about the hassle of online returns and stuff. It's just, it works. It yeah. does work.
0: Well, it, it clearly does. Are you doing a mixture of kind of like uh, repairs or customization? But what? But what? What's 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 the deal? It's skateboards as well as scooters as well, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I mean, the skateboarding side's pretty dead for us, so is we're it, slowly okay. phasing it out, um, which is a shame because I wanted that area to succeed, but the the local scene just didn't want to bother to purchase from us, so skateboarding's kind of just getting thrown away from us at some point. Um, but. We cover from sales of completes to parts, um, like ready-built scooters, should I say. Um, we even do like uh, grind rails, mini ramps, shoes, apparel. Um, and then the repair side, we've got a full workshop, like workbench, um, which I do all the repairs. I'm the only one out of me mum that knows how to work on scooters, really. Um, and then we also do a service which is called a custom-built service where you can pick any of the parts that are aftermarket. So let's say you wanted to get a footplate, you get a pair of bars, you get a pair of wheels, fork, clamp, the lot, and we put it together. So you can choose and personalise your setup to what you want. And that's probably our biggest money maker, but also at the same time, it's the least frequent, just because of how much it costs sometimes. <laughs> it's not cheap. Yeah, how far are people travelling to
0: access your
1: shop. i think the longest we've had is three hours okay. at least we've had so people from round. yeah we've had people from london essex south like the towards weymouth way we've we had people for our event for our anniversary this year we had people from weymouth coming up to us and i think that's mind-blowing yeah. to see that kind of outreach and support from just the overall uk community
0: you have a swig of your energy drink there, Brandon, while I have a look at the next oh, question. God, yeah. <laughs> oh, very I love it. I love it. Um, I've got to be honest; I don't, I don't know that's you know the local skateboard or or, or scooter scene. But you've talked about your involvement in jams and events. There was uh, is it V two? Was that did that happen during the yeah, during so the that summer was this, stuff? Yeah, yeah, this July. Talk to me about what's involved in that
1: so <laughs> the the hardest part of it is the mental toll it can take on me to arrange these events because as much as my mum has experience in the retail she has no experience with the community side and that's where i have to come in and um, with the jams it's a lot of conversations with distributors to kind of because the language the lingo and stuff is very well like anything every area has its own language almost it gets
0: quite specialized and yeah yeah Yeah, so you're drawing on your expertise and they know that yeah you know what you're talking
1: about yeah exactly someone's got to go up and be like yeah we know we know our stuff kind of thing um but both anniversary jams were just an absolute nightmare to get done really but the first anniversary jam, I'm surprised I managed to pull it off as big as I did because that one, we had less time to prepare than this year's. But both perfect, never had an issue. It went perfectly and smooth. Um, but making a jam or an event requires the backing of the community the most. With without Yeah, you can get sponsors and everything, but without the people there to ride it, it's, it doesn't... Nothing gets done, and um, the advertisement that gets shared around by them that's what makes it big. Um, because you could just say, Yeah, we're meeting up somewhere and doing a ride day, but if no one turns up,
0: it's pointless. There seemed to be like a kind of route through the different, yeah, skate parks in and around town. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't realize there were quite as many in rugby as there were. Was it like five, six, something it's, like
1: that? So there's about Five in rugby at the moment and mm-hmm. that's including clifton but that one we don't talk about because that one's not been touched okay. by the council so um well
0: we'll talk about the council a bit later on we're not oh, maybe, yes. we, maybe we'll open that can of worms but um so you've got like a vision for kind of promoting scooting as a as a sport in and around rugby is that yeah would that be fair when i met you a few weeks back it was in the context of me documenting uh, uh sort of well a meeting with a couple of local councillors john slinger and ish mystery and they were chatting to you about a much bigger vision than just having a shop and organizing uh you know an event every year can you talk a bit more about what what that bigger vision might be for rugby
1: so this one does make me sweat a bit just thinking about it <laughs> it's uh the idea of kind of getting a training facility that's specific to the sports, skateboard, skewering, BMX, inline, rollerblading, all of that. Um, And so you've got places like Adrenaline Alley, Creation Skatepark, both are 40 minutes away, but they're like two different ends. So So there's
0: one in Birmingham
1: and the other one
0: in Corby, is it?
1: Yeah, that one's Adrenaline Alley, but that one's Hmm. Europe's biggest indoor Um, which is quite a thing to kind of, what's the word? It's good to have inspiration from it, but it's very hard to achieve that kind of level, that, that kind of indoor skate park was built over the past 10 or so years. Um, but we want to bring something like that to rugby because it's perfectly in the Midlands, middle of the country. You don't have to go like to Birmingham. You don't have to go to Corby. You don't have to go to Manchester. Like, slap bang in the middle of england it'd be perfect the town needs something to be kind of more iconic than just the sport of rugby um because things are moving times are moving culture's moving um it needs to be more aware of the underground scene like these sports the urban sports it needs to be more catered to that because it's not just a Thing that you do as a hobby, it's also a lifestyle for a lot of people. It's um, it keeps people happy, it keeps them off the streets. Like you just don't like you ride scooters. Don't do crime. Come on, it's a simple, yeah. simple thought, really, ain't it? <laughs> Sometimes I don't know.
0: Do you ever wish that the sport of rugby had been invented somewhere else, just so that internet searches for our sport for for, for something else in our town was a lot easier to do and just didn't bring up a ton of sport like hits that were to do with rugby. I just I just wish that it had been invented in Basingstoke and people <laughs> played the sport of Basingstoke and just rugby just got to be easier to kind of you type in scooting and rugby you'll end up with some kind of hybrid thing that comes be- up. Anyway, that's just me kind of <laughs> riffing on it. But this this idea of some, you know, something other than a sport that either was or wasn't established here and actually that's kind of a bit of a drag on creativity because it's quite an easy sort of thing to just badge it around a sport and and every centenary or other, you know celebratory event around it and stuff and what you're saying is well you know a a different generation has grown up getting its kicks from something entirely different and that needs to be recognized in some way as a business model though does that do those places make make sense or do they have to be done in collaboration with like a council like local authority funding or something i mean they're big infrastructure projects aren't they
1: yeah so something like an indoor you, a lot of people seem to do it through charity that's how adrenaline alley was formed um their charity based skate park um and that's kind of ha- what's kept them going but for us I think it's money. Money is all of the main. That's the biggest issue because it's not cheap to get a whole indoor skate park built in the first place. Like you've got the fuss, uh, the funds of the building itself. Whether you want to own it outright, rent it, which pretty much is the only option in rugby, um unless you've got millions, because all of the units that you'd need the size of a skate park for is pretty large um like you're talking full warehouse almost and there's not many small time companies that can afford that um and then you've got the bills on top you've got the staff costing as well which is including first aid training um there's so much involved into it and a lot of companies like a lot of indoor skate parks are partnering up with team gb now um like british cycling um are the main supporter of Adrenaline alley they they help that so much like
0: and that's specifically on the bmx side of things yeah. as a like a high profile olympic sport that we that we do pretty well in don't we and yeah. therefore the lottery funding seems to follow success and if your sport isn't successful then the funding gets cut and stuff so so that's so that that one seemed to be you said uh it would yeah, like BMX and scooters and skateboards, so
1: yeah, it'd be for everyone. Like, skateboards gatekeep. and
0: Olympic skateboarding is an Olympic sport, as well yes, as well. it is currently. So, again, like when those those kind of higher profile sports and they, they reach the Olympics, then that funding tends to sort of flow through as well, yeah. So, so that makes sense for Team GB, sort of for the cycling aspect to cover, yeah. a number of different sports that are, happen on two wheels, sort of thing,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, you've already got velodrome as well in the olympics so british cycling kind of kind of having both two of the biggest sports in the olympics for cycling yeah it works for them really well um but funnily enough on the it's funny because rugby's obviously got a massive tie-in with the olympics back in 2012 when we had it in london we had the torch pass come through rugby and the queen's diamond jubilee was built during that period um oh, you'd
0: left school uh, by that point. You'd left Napton. I, I
1: thought I was in Napton. You point. reckon? Was well, I,
0: I i brought in I brought in one of the Olympic torches that that someone that I knew had lent me to to bring into school. So I, I'm I don't remember taking a photo with, with you. We've we've jumped ahead to a, something that I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, we got a bit trying to track now, like. <laughs> like well, what? do you mean Napton? What Everything we'll kind of just ties that. in. I just want to... <laughs> think about some of the involvement uh, a kind of smaller scale in terms of the local agencies the the council mm. and 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 some of the improvements that you've been part of kind of brokering in in terms of the infrastructure of some of the skate parks around yeah town. is that something that you've found you've you've been met with support or you found it it's difficult
1: or? it's very difficult because you can only have so much until you need serious backing um with the rugby borough council they're very very because they're governed by the Wiltshire county council um usually stuff like floodlights and stuff like that usually have to go through Wiltshire county council first so it's a whole chain of kind of that whole structure of command almost and um anything that i've any improvements i've kind of spoke about so far have been kind of it it's been brushed off in a way of we can look at that in the future but right now we can't kind of thing um obviously we've had two new skate parks over the past uh they were both built in oh what year was it now i think it was 2020 the end of 2020 christmas uh, that was when the new diamond jubilee skate park opened roughly i remember i went down on christmas day because i don't have a life
0: um no it would be during a <laughs> lockdown and it would be good to get out
1: on christmas day
0: true one of the two days or whatever that we were allowed to yeah <laughs> yeah or maybe that, Mind was you, still, that was i that think was that was problem.
1: after lockdown wasn't it or was it during was it lockdown? Oh, the christmas of
0: 2020 i, I know because i i kind of missed out on that one i had to uh, spend it on my on my lonesome but I, I could be remember. wrong. Let's let's say it's all a bit of a blur. But, yeah, um, it's kind
1: of a period I want to forget yeah. about. <laughs> it no, it happened. Mean, I
0: don't think uh, scooting on Christmas Day is a bad thing. I think it's just all part of oh, the it exercise.
1: Oh, it's just, it was wet. It was a bit of a wet day, so it was kind of sad for me. Um, but no.
0: Um, so there's been some investment in skate some, parks and you feel like you,
1: yeah. Only on the new ones. The current ones haven't really been looked at. They've been kind of forgotten And brushed off. Like my local featherbed was the most recent. Um well it's it was not the most recent, it's the oldest one that's had a refurb, essentially, besides Clifton. Um and there's so many quality of life additions that we could have had over these years that have just never been looked at. Um, like the hut that's there, the metal hut, it's rotting away like it's rusted. It's constantly got people smoking. Like cannabis and stuff in there it's a high drug use area if we even found someone i think it was like a 40 year old man drinking with underage people in that hut recently and one of the dads was absolutely fuming yeah um i bet when the
0: council originally planned it i remember when we lived in manchester they would they would call them uh kind of conversation pods yeah someone would have had like that grand vision for it but you're you're Kind of on the ground, and you monitor these these things, and then you are able to sort of feedback maybe to local councillors and say, yeah, oh, that's not what it's being used for. And yep, know, I've mentioned really this to yeah. them,
1: and they've said it's used to shelter people when it's raining, but it doesn't it doesn't work anymore. It's ruined. It's it. I've sat in there myself. It rains into it, so it's kind of pointless at this point. Yeah. So. It, you have to
0: keep plugging away. I guess that's what grassroots activism. Is yeah, like, kind of. You see it, you spot it. You just kind of like.
1: It'd be nice for them to actually relentless. engage physically, not just through an email. Yeah. Like they don't seem to come out and check properly. We had someone recently come and have a look, but they just reported a trolley, and that was it. Which yeah. I've tried to sort out myself, like by taking it back to Audi. Yeah. Um, but that's, you try
0: and ride it back.
1: No no, no 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 i'm no. just i'm just <laughs> i'm being an
0: old guy trying to make some gag about uh wheeled vehicles there <sighs> i don't want to
1: break a bone
0: <laughs> now we've um i've kind of alluded to it a couple of times this is the point where i actually say that uh as well as living just one street away from each other Mm -hmm. that I first met you in the context of where you were going to school we moved from Manchester in 2010 and the first job that I got was as a key worker at that stage at the ARC school in Napton I went on to teach there and looking back you were in year six for that year that I was yeah for my sort of first year of being there so I don't think aside from key workers kind of coming in and out of classes at different times I, I wasn't technically your teacher or anything but it it got me thinking about um just your experience of school different experiences of school and how uh, the kind of route that you've taken Do you, can you can you sort of talk us through kind of just before napton and then the time at napton what 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 your experiences were
1: so it's weird because i've had a lot of concussions since i've been to school so my memory's quite fuzzy of my past um, but well, my... I can help you
0: with some of the facts, but not, <laughs> not all of them.
1: Yeah, the um, so I started. I think the first school I went to properly, primary school wise, was Lawford Primary, um, when I lived down Ashman Avenue, okay. and I, th- I can't even remember the age of that really. I think I was about four or five, um, and my behaviour was just atrocious. I was very disruptive back then, um, and that kind of kept continuing when I was in mainstream up until the arc. Um, were you were at paddocks for a time. Yes, I was. Just so catchment wise, and that was and when stuff. my mum met my stepdad, who lived on Fisher. Um, so we ended up moving there, which only made sense to kind of move from because I was already getting removed from Norford for my uh, behaviour and tendencies. It made sense to go to paddocks next, um, and I was there up until I started there in year two, and I kind of somehow made it all the way up to year five and that's when it got to the point where they realized i needed more support things were coming to light about my conditions and stuff um on my cbd and um eventually tourette's and they recommended that i moved to somewhere more specialist which ended up being the ark in napton and um it's definitely was the right move if i'd stayed in mainstream i don't think i'd be where i am today at all like i would not be the same person i'd probably be in the same space as my friend who is the same as me basically but he's sadly had to move into ninetum because things did not turn out well i just think... strayed off the path
0: yeah yeah I think sometimes in education there's that sense of kind of one size fits all, isn't it? And that just clearly isn't the case. Yeah. And so that that setting in Napton was so different, wasn't it? And just it was- I, I like the fact that we've got like a shared experience where Forest School was part of the regular diet and yeah. working with horses and stop motion animation and everything that was kind of geared around it. My my sense and and I, I carry a lot of that with me, and I have tried to bring some of those strategies or techniques or maybe just the overall way of thinking about things into lots of mainstream settings that i have worked since was that it was just like a really sort of therapeutic environment and things weren't perfect I'm sure that wasn't your experience but but there was maybe a bit more scope to kind of explore things that were triggers and, and ways of handling that you, yeah. what happened kind of beyond because i was you know that that was the primary school setting did you then go on to church end and yeah. the, the older yeah
1: did
0: w- w- did it feel kind of seamless in terms of like the five keys and the, those oh, ways yeah. of understanding stuff that was right the way across yeah the whole it time
1: yeah stuck by the entire way obviously staff was different so the different personalities throughout but it still felt the same. Like it's in my in my experience, the arc was a place of safety. It taught you to be creative, and it nurtured that, and it kind of taught you to be who you want to be, and it made me feel less like I was going to be judged for it. <laughs> for being myself. Let's say, um, and it just it embodied everything to just be yourself and it was it's it's just i would never regret going there
0: i always kind of felt that you it was hard for someone who was like 8 9 or 10 to have a perspective of why it was why it was like a not like a privilege but why it was a great opportunity and you you should really kind of seize it with both hands i guess it, i i can't quite see it of course from an eight-year-old's point of view. And maybe that structure and having a diary and you sort of, you know, sort of reflecting on how you're feeling every 15 minutes or something, maybe maybe that was kind of too much. But I always wanted to have, like, the chance to meet someone who'd come out the other end of it so that they could speak about their experiences to the eight, nine, ten-year-olds and say, this, this thing works, you know? If you just stick with it, it's going to get you to a point where... I kind of feel like in this interview, you've, you've you you are you are that person now. You're like 24, yeah. Yeah. And and there's kind of part of me that would love to share this bit with with Ark, who is still going and say, this, I would love to go and see him like, again. Honestly, that would be great, wouldn't it? I mean, this could be like the kind of entry point for that, and say, you know, this this is like a story that kind of plays itself out like a, a decade after. More than that, after first meeting you, and now I'm sitting down saying, "Look at this businessman and young entrepreneur, and look at that's a real success story, as far as I can tell." Another strand to that is the support from your family. You've mentioned your mum in particular. How how key is that? I've got a sense what your answer is, but I mean, for all aspects of it, for for supporting you throughout school and kind of beyond and stuff. Yeah, talk to me a bit about the family dynamic there.
1: It's the most important part of it all without my mum's support for for everything she's done I wouldn't be there she's stuck by every little step of the way, she fought every corner of my battles for me, throughout my entire school life, to college to where I am now she's been there through everything and just been my cheerleader essentially Like that kind of dynamic is the most important part about Kind of getting anywhere in life, you need someone that's like, especially your own mother, the person that brought you here. You need that person to kind of support you in every physical and mental way they can because, in the end, like, you're their child, like, nurturing their passions and everything is what you should be doing. Like, I, I couldn't be more grateful for what she's done, and I continue to this day to still like be so amazed on how much of a supportive mum I have like my dad my mum and dad split when I was four and um it's been a bit it was rough since and it's it's been my dad's I love him he's not been there he's been in and out of my life too much and even now he's moved away to uh Stoke on Trent and it's I don't see my siblings from that side much now and it's It it makes it hard, it makes it very hard. But knowing that I've got someone that's there, that's consistent, makes all the difference. But you can only hope that the other side comes back around. But you can't ask everyone to be perfect. He had a hard time, so hopefully he's doing better. But yeah,
0: she's a business partner as well.
1: Yeah, How, how does that work? So we bicker a lot, but that's because we're too comfortable with each other. So. That does play a, a bit of a stressful part, but it doesn't mean we. It means we're not afraid to show our concerns to each other. That's the main part. Like we just trust each other enough to do do the job right. Um, but being being so, my mum's role in this is essentially she's made the investment and she continues to keep an eye on the books. She's teaching me how to be a bit like have how to have a mind of a businessman. She's helping me grow mature into this industry um and kind of showing me how to have restraint as well when it comes to spending, um how we treat our customers. There's she's kind of reeling me in to the bad habit from the bad habits and really building my What's the word? I'm terrible at these kind of things. Um, I wouldn't say that at <laughs> all. And anyone I'm just, listening my, to this, my is vocabulary, vocabulary is terrible. That, yeah. Well,
0: it, it's it's probably because you've got five or six words that would do the job. Yeah. And they're all trying to come out at the same yeah. time. Yeah.
1: She, she's building my future yeah. as a businessman. That's what she's doing. And her hopes is that once this business makes enough money and it's continuous and we're doing well like really really well she's obviously getting towards her mid 40s now um and she's starting to look at the well what she's doing at the moment is building it and watching me how and how i'm doing it and teaching me those bad habits are not to stay and as they disappear eventually the business will be completely passed over to me i'll be the full owner and she wants to retire and leave the business for me to continue on. Wow. Um, so she's built the business for me, essentially, as a long-term investment for me, which <laughs> I don't think I could ever imagine many people doing, because that's a massive commitment. It's yeah. ridiculous, and it's
0: unlucky. But where there have been those sparks of inspiration going way back for you, that's she knows that you, you you you're not going to sort of just try it for a few months and then
1: yeah head on. To something we've else, we've both know. said this is the industry for me. This is where I belong. This is the home. This is where I stay. Um, and and it's, not and not
0: to sort of uh, belabor the two wheeled uh, metaphors too much, but the, <laughs> the, the stabilizers are off to an extent but an adult can still hold on to the saddle every now and then if if they yeah. sense there's too much of a wobble. Yeah, but it is it is you that that it ultimately will be kind of driving that project and yeah. And that doesn't come out of nowhere.
1: You know, it's not <laughs> it does not. And it's not
0: a silver spoon
1: thing. It's uh you know, it's hard. It's a very very tough thing to do. It's a lot of pressure. It's I spend sleepless nights sometimes just sat down photoshop kind of just thinking of ideas i'll be there making new designs for the clothing new posters um i spent and like last week i spent a whole night just kind of designing things for the next event and then next year's anniversary and then another event that i've been put in charge of which isn't even to do with the shop um so it's it's the, in the best description is the harder you work the less you rest the the least the least less the less you rest yeah. honestly um but it's worth it you just i don't i don't i never take it for granted like yeah i get tired sometimes but i love being busy i've always struggled with mental health so being able to kind of focus on these things. I can't. It's it's the best thing ever. And just seeing these things continuously just going well. And yeah, you get some kind of hiccups from here and there, but if you're doing it perfect, you're doing it too well, something's going to go wrong. So take it on the chin, really, and keep going. Always push forward and strive to be better.
0: Sounds to me like you've, you know, obviously... You, you've had uh, not only sort of business support and advice uh, mentoring from your mum there was the other guy who kind of mentored you had the shop in rugby Danny, initially yeah. uh, Danny Roberts, was it? Yes so they're all kind of ingredients that then when you sort of catalyse those with your kind of unique energy and drive for that the fact that you've put in the hours to learn the skills as someone that you know is uh, involved in the in the sport itself and doesn't just kind of leave it at that but then kind of takes it that already feels like a very kind of successful period of time but i've got a sense that you're i don't know let's have a look at the next sort of two three year horizon what how would you define success going forward
1: see i don't even look at a monetary value success doesn't to me obviously being able to make money is always a good key section of success but when the community's happy and the sport's flourishing because of what we do that's success to me like it's all about the community and being able to provide for those who don't have much opportunities that's where it is at being able to give other people something that they never thought they could get that's what I want because I know I was also in that position once. So that's the way I look at it. Um, My aim for the next three years really is just to keep expanding more events and potentially make a full blown competition. Sorry, my throat is absolutely tickling me.
0: That's right. Grab your, (coughs) grab your relentless. We can edit that bit out.
1: (sighs) Um, we'll no, just leave I,
0: it in because it makes it feel like a more authentic yeah, conversation yeah, it's, more,
1: it's more human yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, um, I, I aim to go expand the shop because we've got another well we've got a petition wall we can take down and expand even more, my aim is also to start manufacturing our own parts like grip tape and some wheels and stuff like that signature stuff for the shop to kind of put us on and be more unique um, we've also take. Well, my, my kind of dream for the team is already growing as it is because we've just taken on three new riders recently as sponsored riders. And they're, in their own rights, like innovators in what they do. They know their styles and they push it to the hardest they can. And their personalities just show it. They're amazing people. And I am so fortunate to have such a good team. <clears throat> oh, my God. Um, so and they're also my biggest backers because without them their ideas also help shape the shop's future because there's all i'm always looking for new more fresh ideas to stay more relative as well because one mind can't always come up with everything so it's a collective and then you've got the support of all of the riders who come and kind of obviously shop with us and Take part in the events. We, I have filmers come for the uh, anniversary events. We have had a MC called Moses uh, come down. He's a good friend of mine, and he's also a MC for most of the biggest events in the world. Like he is, I'm very grateful to have the people I have, who kind of just do these things and support. Because without them, the shop wouldn't be anything. So, the, to continue that and grow it and make it so more people can be involved that's what i want that's what will make it successful and it's not just a success for the shop it's also a success for the industry as a whole and for the community because it's it's we're all in this together quite in high school musical um (laughs) so yeah that's kind of the aim for it all
0: brandon carter on so many different levels It has been a thin slice of heaven to sit down and have a chat with you today. I genuinely appreciate it. I know the people that are listening are going to enjoy it as well. So thank you once again for your time.
1: That's all good. I'm glad to be here.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. This one's in the books. To capture that, well, I've, oh. I've got it over on that side, yeah. <laughs> the fizz.